Good day to you ladies and gentlemen and welcome to Film Focus episode 45, the 2017 superhero film discussion. Gentlemen of the North, South, East, and West, and welcome to another episode of Film Focus. I'm your host, the Hypersonic 55, and I'm glad that you decided to join me once again for some film-related discussion. So we're, you know, in the latter part of December, the year's almost over, but Film Focus continues to move, and we have an interesting feature for you today. We're talking about those superhero movies, you know, that big old genre of movies that everybody seems to be liking these days, and for good reason. There is a solid amount of them out there these days you know more so than there was like a you know a few years ago or 10 years ago and um this year has been an interesting ride for superhero films um with some quality work from uh, both marvel and dc and uh yeah we got stuff to talk about but um, i'm not alone this year we had our first guest back in the latter side of summer and now we've got another guest my second guest on Film Focus, if you'd like to introduce yourself, sir. Hey, thank you for having me on. Uh, this is Eddie. I'm a, I'm a blogger. I first started out blogging like um, several years ago with uh, Sidekick Reviews at WordPress. And I still have that blog going, but I also have uh, another blog at justsendo.com. So yeah, thanks a lot for having me on your podcast. Uh, hopefully we'll have a real cool and casual conversation about all those uh, great superhero movies uh, this year. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, this guy is one of my favorite people <laughs> on, like, you know, just the blogging sphere. Like, I found... I he Actually, no, he found me. Uh, it was about, like, I think 2012. I can't remember what film it was specifically. I think it might have been around the time that The Avengers or The Dark Knight Rises was out. Um, I found this guy like comment on my blog and I found his blog and then from there like um, we've become like you know pretty good like you know is it blogging buddies like uh, we talk about interesting uh, you know a lot of superhero material together but there's also a lot of um, other films and TV shows that he covers and his work is really good very detailed like um, but yet concise when necessary he does go into great deal of detail with stuff but it's comprehensive and really good like you know reading material so if you haven't checked out like you know was it eddie's materials uh damn good stuff and um with the superhero genre like you know especially with films uh this guy is on point as well so i thought there would be no one better to talk about this uh subject matter than eddie so uh i'm glad that you decided to join me for this episode i'm i'm very happy <laughs> yes Thanks for having me on, and uh, I definitely remember all of those um, being being kind of blogging buddies. How uh, we just went back and forth talking about uh, all the great movies that came out, and um, also we did a lot of um, TV talk as well. Uh, Agents of Shield, we talked about. Um, oh yeah. Game of Thrones. Yeah. I think The Walking Dead even. So yes, yeah, we've been um, been blogging buddies for quite a while now. So. It's good to actually finally get to talk to you, get to hear your voice, and 
kind of be part of your podcast for uh, for an episode yeah sure man like uh yeah. oh man just interesting things happening in 2017 and um yeah like I'm I'm giddy. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> um, okay, so this year we had a number of superhero films come out with different styles and you know different you know genres within the superhero genre itself. So at the start of the year, why well, you know the early side of the year, you had Logan, and then from there we got Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, then Wonder Woman, Spider Man Homecoming. After that, uh, then we had. Thor Ragnarok and Justice League to round out the end of the year last month in November. All of these films have had like very interesting uh, takes on their you know source material. Um, some adhering to the source material, some changing a few things up, um, some really well liked and some not so liked. So it's been an interesting batch of films and what I wanted to do with this, uh, well, what we wanted to do with this episode was just, you know, cover these superhero films in a, you know, detailed yet casual manner, talk about the strengths and weaknesses of each one, and uh, then, you know, sort of just talk about what they do for the genre in general, and then maybe come up with a top, like, you know, list of, you know, which ones are good, well, you know, from good to bad, you know, that kind of thing. Um... Yeah, so hopefully this episode will be of interest to you, ladies and gents. So let's not waste any time and start with Logan, uh, the film that to a lot of people is still considered to be their you know, favorite superhero film of the year. Um, so Eddie, let me just uh, you know, throw it over to you. Um, what was your expectations going into Logan? How did you think the film was? And how do you feel about it now that we're at the latter half of the year? Mm, yeah. Um... To be honest, going into like two, 2017, um, two of the movies that I was sort of like cautiously optimistic about, yeah. uh, one of them was Logan. And that was because I kind of think that both the X-Men series and sort of the standalone Wolverine series were sort of like hit and miss. So I really wasn't sure um, what to expect from Logan. But now that I actually got a chance to see it and actually um, started rewatching it again recently yeah. that um, I really think it is a really great send off for uh, Wolverine and, and to Hugh Jackman. Like, I think they really struck gold, like um, casting Hugh Jackman, like right from the start. And it's sort of amazing, like um, what he did with the role and for how long he did it and how dedicated he was both to the character and the physicality of the character as oh, well. Yeah. So, yeah, so I thought this, if this is his final farewell as Wolverine, I think this is, like, you really couldn't, you know, ask for a better send-off. So that's those are my sort of general overall, overall thoughts with that, um, uh, Logan. And um, I think one of the things that um, a lot of people sort of noted about Logan was um, how it sort of kind of blended in, like, uh, different sort of genres. Yeah. Like, I read some reviews that... Um, talked about how it was sort of touching on Western uh, movies and Western themes. And some people kind of refer to it as like a, um, a road trip type of movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it also had a, like a near sort of apocalyptic sort of theme. Like um, I think there's some references to um, some of the mutants or some of the former X-Men like being like, um, well, no longer around, I guess you can call it like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I had, had a really sort of a, a darker sort of, um, uh, vibe to it, like a near apocalyptic sort of vibe to it. So, and um, 
I think in that sort of tone, that's really where you can get Logan to really like really to shine because like his essential nature really is to be like really aggressive, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so this this sort of tone and this sort of like um, genre, like it is a superhero film, but it, it has so many other sort of flavors to it. So I think this is what really brought out Logan and he really got to like <laughs> take out his claws and really show you what he can do with them against humans, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was definitely really br- brutal at times and uh, it, w- it was ultra violent at times too. So you really got to see how aggressive and um, how nasty those claws could really get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah. for me... Um, like you, I had, you know, a little bit of trepidation, you know, going into this film because, uh, well, I knew in my, in my mind that like, you know, uh, James Mangold and like, uh, Hugh Jackman would definitely come up with something good because, uh, for me, I like the Wolverine. I think on subsequent viewings, it's become like less likable, mainly because of like, you know, that third act. Um, but what I do like about like the Wolverine as opposed to like, you know, X-Men Origins from 2009 was that, you know, clearly these guys wanted to, you know, do justice by the character. And, you know, even though some of the stuff that they did with like, you know, the Japan setting and some of the characters didn't work out like as authentically, you know, to, you know, Japan and like some of the source material as much as I would have liked, I feel like they got the characterization of the character right. And some of the action sequences were really good. Um, but then when you saw the trailers for uh, Logan, yeah, once that Johnny Cash song was attached to that like trailer, I think everybody lost their minds. Um, it was a very different looking kind of, you know, superhero film from anything that we'd seen beforehand, not only in the X-Men universe, but just in general. And I think a lot of us were thinking, you know, at the time that this film might not even match the quality of this trailer because it was just, you know... I'm sure you know from watching a lot of these trailers for certain superhero films that there is uh, these film these trailers sometimes set you up for like you know is it a different product once you get into the film and it might end up being a disappointing experience. So I was like, I want to keep my expectations you know at a certain level, but at the same time, those trailers got me. They had my heart and soul, and I was like, I was lapping it up. So um, I was ready and. The funny thing about Logan was that when I came out of it, I was like, I was moved in a way that I didn't think I could be. Uh, there was just some really interesting stuff they did with the characters, the overall tone. Everything felt so dire and um, tired. It, you could tell that this world has, like, you know, was it moved on from where we were in the X Men series beforehand. And it works in a way where the references to the past are good for those who are paying attention to this series but at the same time it's not like you have to have seen what happened before this in order to you know you know enjoy the film as a you know solo based adventure but it definitely helps that you know if you've seen the x-men film since the first one the journey you've gone on with this character since the year 2000 to 2017 is just insane you feel so much for this character now more so than you ever could have if you you know didn't have the years of like additional uh superhero baggage you know i say baggage in the most nicest way but the film was dark and violent especially from the that introduction i was like bloody hell these guys ain't messing around um i 
I never thought I'd ever see like you know is it Wolverine like just go full on you know uh, you know hard R like you know is it or 15 rating for us over here in the UK it's just pure violence and visceral chaos and it was beautiful um, and you know X-23 she was great uh, and Patrick Stewart my gosh like uh, very different take on Professor X and what we've seen beforehand but he was incredible in the film I thought the film was really good I think my only issue with the film was that it's sort of similar to my uh, I guess issue with The Dark Knight in the sense that it's so far removed from the typical like sort of tropes of the superhero genre where it feels like it's another genre with like superhero elements you know implemented into it and I know that's what a lot of people love about the film um, I really like the film but I feel like I do need to give it another watch because I've only actually seen it the once um, but Logan is definitely has like some of the strongest elements of any superhero film I've seen for years so if it's still people's favourite for this year I'm not surprised because it's you know damn good yeah and um, I guess like what you said about um, it not being a t- typical superhero type of um, film was that it, it it didn't it got away from like um, sort of the trappings of what we typically think or what we want from a superhero movie yeah. and by taking away like um, those things you really got down to like the raw nature of, of Logan of, of Wolverine oh definitely yeah so I think that was really cool and I think um, Hugh Jackman and the writing was able to kind of get to both the humanity of of Logan because for the first time he's actually like sort of mortal right he's kind of losing he's growing older he's he's um his health is sort of failing yeah yeah and yeah and i don't know if you want to get into spoilers but you know he definitely um well i don't know if you did you want to get into spoilers okay like so what happens or okay so what i'm gonna do is i'll put uh i'll put yeah. a time code for uh spoilers so what i'll do is um okay. with for for people listening, what we'll do is um we'll put time codes for certain spoilers in like you know the description below. Um, for obviously the films that are closer to you know uh, this point in time, we'll you know di- you know we'll keep the spoilers away. But I think for okay. Logan and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two and possibly Wonder Woman, I think we can get into spoilers. But we'll you know we'll shout spoilers beforehand. Um, okay. Okay. So you can jump into your spoilers, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah so i think one of the key things about logan was this is the first time where like logan is like he's mortal now right he's slowly um getting older he's not able to heal as fast as he as he's done before yeah and um i think that's like one of the um one of the sort of like the messages uh, about this movie was um he's definitely more relatable as like as a mortal now and um it's sort of really strange like seeing him as like a as a limousine driver yeah. at the beginning of the movie yeah <laughs> yeah because you think of him as a superhero as a, this badass guy right but he's sort of like an alcohol- alcoholic now he's sort of like he's sort of aimless in life you know yeah what I mean? yeah definitely he's like he's in the he's passed out in the back seat of his uh limousine so 
so you get to see his progression throughout the movie how he went from that to like taking responsibility for for uh for laura right yeah taking care of her and bringing her like uh, across the country so so yeah and um i guess he 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 does definitely die at the end but it's not like um it's not in despair that he dies but it's sort of there's a little like silver lining of hope too because he's helping out essentially his daughter right yeah yeah so it's it's like um it's knowing like a part of him will kind of live on through laura so it's sort of like sort of encapsulates like what what life is sort of about right like even though we are all sort of like mortal and finite but you know like we can still live on and have hope through through our our children so i i really like that it's sort of like it's a superhero movie but it still has like all these little messages and themes and about mortality and uh, and all that so i think they really got to the heart of logan and they really like knew how to like um build a story around that and i think that's probably another reason why they connected with it like not just the violence not just the final time seeing wolverine yeah um but just also the message the message that kind of underlines the story so oh yeah yeah. definitely i think was it when the uh when logan dies and like you know is it uh he's with laura and it's just that point where um, I'm, I might be paraphrasing, but it's just that point where so, so this is what it feels like. I was like, oh, I, that felt like a gut punch. I'm like, I feel this right in yeah. my heart. And she's just like, she says, daddy. I'm like, oh, stop uh, it, film. Yeah. Stop it, man. You're trying to make me shed tears. <laughs> and for a little while, like, you know, as I had like, you know, as I was welling up a little bit. Um, this yeah. film knows how to target you. Like, you know, well, it, I, it makes it sound like, you know, they're strategically like trying to get you. But um Honestly, there was right. just a few emotional points in the film where, again, like, we've seen these characters beforehand and they've been in, like, certain situations where you got yeah. emotionally involved. But this was on a a next level of, like, you know, is it emotional engagement? Like, when uh, Charles is in his bed at that farmhouse and he's just describing, mm-hmm. like, you know, was it to Logan, well, who he assumes is Logan, what happened? Um, you know, yeah. just about, you know, explaining what happened, like, you know, and he's just realizing what he'd actually done in the past to, you know, the X-Men and all that. I was like, this is some heavy stuff. And yeah. um, then there was that whole video when you find out what happened with those mutant kids. And I'm like, mm-hmm. they're putting this in a bloody superhero film, aren't they? Like, I never <laughs> expected this kind of subject matter to find its way into this, you know, genre of film. But I was like, good on you guys. I mean, like, bloody hell this is some real life stuff that you know does unfortunately happen and it's just like the way in which they incorporated it just felt right i was like again just i was floored by you know the decisions that this film made with the character and story and stuff yeah definitely yeah and um i think they were able to like kind of pay it off because like you said like we've been like um uh, we've, we've known these characters and these actors like for quite a while now like over a decade i believe right yeah yeah with um with xavier and hugh jackman as wolverine so so they really kind of built the payoff after all this time and um i like the kind of relationship between uh xavier and logan actually yeah because <laughs> um because <laughs> xavier is sort of like a father figure but also logan is sort of the one taking care of xavier too at the same time yeah so um 
and there's this one little line that Xavier sort of gives is like, um, I think this is when he was in that, that farmhouse where he's like, this is what life looks like. People love each other. You should take a moment, right? So yeah. he's also giving fatherly advice as well. So I, I really like their relationship. And I I think this movie, just because it, it didn't involve the other X-Men, it was just Xavier, Wolverine, and, and the daughter, Laura. It's like a family sort of tight-knit film. So they were able to kind of explore all those sort of things. So I think that's another thing what I think resonates with people. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, all right. So what we can do now is uh, hop on over to the first film from Marvel Studios this year, Guardians of the Galaxy, right. Volume Number Two. So, uh, Eddie, again, like you know, is I'll throw it to you. Like you know, is it? Uh, what did you think of this film? Because I know, uh, still up until this point, now there's still people like uh-huh. you know, is it uh, talking about like which uh, of their MCU films they preferred this year. And this is still a hot right. topic of conversation. So Eddie, like you know, share with me your thoughts, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I think going into Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, I I was actually pretty confident that um, both James Gunn, the director, and Marvel would have a pretty good um, pretty good follow up. Uh, mainly because I think they kind of nailed like the formula in the first movie. Yeah, and. Um, Going into the second movie, I, I think that um, they weren't going to mess too much with the formula. They were going to still be like this ragtag bunch of misfits. But at the core of it, it really is about this sort of um, makeshift family. Yeah. And I think that's one of the huge themes of the movie, right? Which um, with uh, Peter Crow's father, also with his relationship with... Um, Oh, I forgot the guy's name already, but but also with um, <laughs> Gamora and Nebula, there's there's sister sibling wild rivalry. So there was these really cool themes about family from the first movie, which they carried over to the second movie, which was which was pretty cool. Oh yeah. And um, another thing was I really liked um, just getting back to this world. Oh, of course. Because this is a pretty kind of crazy sort of uh, you know outer space sort of world that it's really fun and there's always bizarre things around the next corner you never know what to expect and i mean i remember going into the first movie and when you're trying to tell people you know there's going to be a talking raccoon yeah. in this in this movie yeah. like well uh we'll see we'll see how this goes with the moviegoers but moviegoers definitely they went with it and they loved it so i think it's really cool how viewers just kind of opened up their hearts to this movie and just went with it you know so um as for i think while i was like watching it and at the time it was like um it was out i think there was a lot of sort of guardians fever and guardians hype with it yeah and i did recently sort of rewatch it and to be honest i don't think it holds up as well as i i hoped it would i mean it's still it's still a good movie and still has a lot of good things going with it but there are certain things that i don't think resonated uh, as well and i think one of them was um i think the humor was sort of sort of hit or miss for me yeah yeah like not all the the banter and the lines worked maybe in the context of the theater where everyone is sort of laughing it's sort of like a laugh track so maybe (laughs) it's 
it comes off more more funnier than it may be than if you kind of watch it alone like in your own house yeah but um and i did notice a lot of the characters were still laughing out loud at their own jokes which oh yeah yeah <laughs> which is yeah it was like okay maybe they could have toned that down just a little bit <laughs> but um but other things that were probably really good about it was sort of um this wasn't like a, a a dark sort of like a dystopian sci-fi view it's like when they got to the planet ego like all of the cgi was really vibrant and really lush and um definitely it was like full of life and it, like it's not your dark sort of dreary sort of sci-fi sort of thing although the although the twist in the story there there was <laughs> it did take a little darker twist to the story but i think the overall feeling of the, the movie was actually pretty hopeful and um i think it was pretty cool like yeah i think there's definitely a lot of good things about it but i think the people who are critical i think they they, they have good reasons to kind of not fully sort of um you know embrace this movie as well so yeah i can hear both sides of it uh, i don't know what did you think about it all right so the interesting thing was that um was it <clears throat> with um guardians of the galaxy volume 2 it was the first marvel film that i've never gone to see more than once and that was a surprise to me considering like um how much i even the marvel films that i you know consider to be bad um or you know just i don't like as much say like uh, iron man 2 iron man 3 um thor 2 uh, you know, even those films I've seen at least more than once, like at least twice at base. So um, I was planning to give like Guardians another watch, but I don't know. Like I think the stuff that I liked about the film, uh, I really liked, but the stuff that I didn't like, you know, just started to irk me in a way where I was just like, I don't know if I want to go back and watch this again. <laughs> um, so the, here's the thing: like I really should again like logan have another watch of this just to see how you know it stacks up but my initial reaction was it was more of the same in a lot of good ways but in some kind of bad ways uh mm -hmm. what i liked was that again the uh the progression of these characters um seeing the stuff that went on with um was it uh, Gamora and Nebula was great because I, I, I really wanted to see more of that relationship and learning more about Nebula was really interesting especially the stuff that she said in that little monologue she had in that one scene um, learning more about Peter Quill's like, backstory and ego and how that all factors in together, that was an interesting little storyline especially once you figure out what's actually happening uh, I love the color palette of the film it was incredible um, it's like they took the colors and then just made it even more vibrant in this one I don't understand how but mm -hmm. the sense of scope and detail and just vividness of like uh, the colors and lighting and stuff was just maddening it was maddening in a great way just beauty to the eyes but then you're just like where do I look it's, it's too much beauty all over the place um, I liked Baby Groot I thought he would be too much of one of those uh, you know cute character just for the sake of marketing and like making you buy extra merchandise and stuff but he was actually pretty he was actually pretty cute and fun in the film um and yeah like you i thought the humor was hit and miss uh the original guardians was one of the funniest films i've seen in the cinema like you know first time around uh i laughed so much in that film and uh in this one some of the humor worked but then some of the humor was just it fell so flat um 
And while there's one plot reveal which was one of the most interesting and dark decisions that I've ever seen, like Marvel take, I was like, bloody hell, you went there, didn't you? I was like, ooh. Mm-hmm. But uh, I appreciated that. Uh, I just don't know. I mean, there was a lot of great stuff I really liked about the film, but just as a fan of the original going into this film, I thought it. I think it was just a case of the hype got to me. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I will probably give it another watch just to see how it ends up. But I can definitely say it's my probably my least favorite of the MCU films that got released this year, which sounds like sacrilege mm-hmm. to say, but mm-hmm. um, uh, I, you know, when we get to the later films, I'll explain why. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, actually, I agree with you on that. Like, um, it, I don't, I know, on my rewatch, it doesn't hold up as well as, as I hoped, but, um, and I think one of the reasons where is, is, um, well, this is sort of subjective, but I know some people found the ending to be um, pretty emotional and heartfelt. But for me, I I never really um, got that emotional with the with the ending. Yeah. It, it didn't really hit hit me as hard as other people. But that's sort of subjective, I guess. But I think for me, they could have added maybe a flashback scene or something to kind of develop the relationship between Peter Quill and Yondu maybe a little bit more, or give them one scene together beforehand because i don't think they had the scene together in the movie until till the end right yeah so maybe it'd be at least a flashback or something beforehand would have been to help kind of sell the ending would it would have worked a little bit better for me yeah i can i can definitely understand yeah. that i think it's a, a sort yeah. of similar thing to um this is a a slight tangent but like you know is it stick with me for a second um so you know captain america and uh, bucky their relationship mm-hmm. um yeah. the way in which it was forged in um the first avenger the reason why i cared about that was mainly because i knew what the relationship was like in the comics so that's why i gave a monkeys about them and then why you know cap was so invested in like bucky once he found out who he was with the whole winter soldier thing in the second film but i don't think the first avenger did a a good enough job of showing what this you know brotherly like relationship was like they didn't seem to come across as tight as i would like them to be so when like bucky ends up like you know dying in air quotes um in the first film i was just like i don't feel that level of attachment there's like certain like you know um friendship slash uh you know strong bonds between people at least in the mcu at that point that were i don't know uh written or developed in a certain way where you can feel that com- camaraderie between two people you feel that bond between two people like a lot stronger than the way in which that was done and i feel the same cases here for um yondu and peter quilt where i can see what they were going for and you can clearly see that there's a relationship there but for the emotional response that they were trying to get out of me specifically i just didn't it didn't reverberate with me um, although there was a lot of people that I talked to that said they were actually welling up and I was like, wow. Yeah. But yeah, like, uh, I thought it was effective. I really like Yondu in this film. Um, mm-hmm. and I like what they did, but yeah, like, uh, some of the emotional when like, you know, was it, I guess, lighthearted moments of the film just didn't hit me in the way in which I'd hoped. Yeah, I, I'm, I agree with you on that. Absolutely cool 
Alright then, so I guess we'll talk about, like, you know, was it um, another film that some people describe to be their favourite film of the year? Good old Wonder Woman. Um, Ah, yes. So, yeah, like, uh, the film that I think a lot of people thought would fail ended up being, in a lot of cases, a lot of people's favourites. So, uh, yeah, what did you think of the film, man? Uh, Yeah, well, going into um, 2017, I, I... Wonder Woman was another one of those sort of I'm going to be cautiously optimistic about it like on one hand I really do want it to succeed but sort of the previous movies in sort of the DC shared universe I wasn't sure sure wasn't that um, sure about so I was sort of you know a little bit skeptical I didn't want to give my hopes up yeah um but having watched it and um I, I really think one of the things that it benefited from was just not being too dark, not being it. It, it was a, definitely a lot more sort of brighter movie, and even though it was sort of set in the World One, uh, World War One era, yeah, like it wasn't um, overwhelmingly filled with despair at all. It was actually pretty hopeful, and um, so I, I like the sort of overall tone and sort of energy uh, of the movie, and. Um, I um I think Gal Gadot was she was actually pretty decent in this movie like she she held her own and um I think they also did a good job of casting uh Chris Pine opposite of her yeah yeah because Chris Pine is he's really an, an experienced actor and I think between the two I think he's actually the more charismatic actor yeah yeah and um but also the story made him out to be charismatic because you know what happened to him at the at the end, right? Oh yeah, of course. So, yeah, so they had to build that relationship between uh, Gal Gadot and Chris Pine's character, and to kind of sell the moment at the end. And um, another thing that um, I think helped the movie was one setting setting it in the past and setting it so that it's a standalone. It didn't really have to. Um, play too much with continuity with the current day events i think yeah all they really needed to do was they had that photo which they had to establish how they got that photo and explain the characters in it and explain the relationship between you know steve trevor and and wonder woman so but other than that they they were kind of free to kind of um instead of focusing on setting up the next the next movie they could just focus on explaining wonder woman's uh origin yeah yeah and and i think that was a good idea to explain her her, her origin because i think um there is like a whole like generation of people who maybe they know of the name wonder woman but they don't really know like where she came from and her whole background with the amazonians and and whatnot right so i think to take the uh, fans on the journey with her from as a child to, you know, like um, how she met Steve Trevor and where she is now was um, was a, a good idea. And um, I think her appearances in like Batman v Superman, I think that really got people excited, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like after Batman v Superman, like. There are people who are maybe talking about Batman, but a lot most a lot of people were talking about Wonder Woman. Like, when can we see her next, right? Yeah. So, I, so I think a lot. I think this movie kind of like 
paid off on that and in, in a pretty good way and um another thing that i really sort of liked about this was um how how they did the uh hero uh journey with uh with wonder woman like it's sort of like a really classic sort of uh hero's journey where she's sort of um coming from a, a place that is like very enclosed you know what i mean like it's off in the separate from the real world yeah yeah and she's like um so she's not really that knowledgeable of what's going on in the outside world but she she knows that she has these incredible abilities but it's not that her abilities is what makes her a superhero like it's that she kind of takes on the responsibility of having all of this power having all of these abilities yeah and she goes out into the the real world and tries to kind of uh, help out the world like so I think that's what makes her a hero right like not because she can she can do all these abilities but unlike the rest of the Amazonians that sort of didn't want to deal with uh, the humans like she was like no I'm going out there and I'm going to like um, take down the, the god of war and I'm going to like um, put this world to right and that's really what a, a true hero is about so that, that's why I think they really got um, the hero's journey with her. And um, another thing that I sort of liked was the idea that um, through her journey, she got a, she got to know like uh, the true nature of a sort of humanity because I think because she was sheltered living in, <laughs> because she was sheltered, she kind of thought that humans were um, under the influence of the God of War. But yeah, yeah. when she kind of realized that, <laughs> that the capacity for good and evil is sort of like in humans right they're not under the control of the god of war they're they're capable of really intense evil i mean that's what that was what world war one was sort of about she she came to that real like realization and she kind of kind of lost her sort of innocence right yeah yeah with that with that realization and also with um well spoiler alert but um she kind of she lost steve trevor too right so you can see what's kind of heartbreaking for her in, in a couple of different ways. So, yeah, it has all these sort of different elements going on. It had the hero. It had, of course, the superpower. But it also had the um, romantic and sort of funny moments, too. So it had a bit of everything in that movie. So I think that's one of the reasons why I think people are responding to it. What did you think about it? Yeah, so um, with Wonder Woman, like um, like you said, there was like uh, there was a lot of anticipation um, coming off of like you know Batman vs Superman. While she was definitely better than I expected her to be in like Batman vs Superman, at the same time, I was still very very skeptical about her in um, was it Wonder Woman because was it it's not that I wanted the character it's not like I wanted the film to fail at all it's just that I don't have that same sort of um, attachment to this character that a whole league of people have um, was it 
Wonder Woman to me has, you know, she's a cool character, but she's never really resonated with me. So I was just like, oh, I see the trailers for it. And I think it wasn't until the second trailer where it's, um, you know, that one where there's that shot where you see Steve Trevor's like, you know, plane crashing in the ocean and she's on the mascara just like watching his plane crash. And I'm like, look at the bloody colors. I was like, okay, you know what? <laughs> this film has my interest now, just from the way in which they were showing some of the, uh, you know, some of the scenery and some of the action there. Um, you know, the mar- the marketing like got progressively better, and that's what sort of enticed me to give it a try. But then I watched it on the day, and I was like, damn, that film was actually really fun. And that was the thing that surprised me. The film was really fun. It was a classic yet very well executed superhero origin story. It started out wonderfully on the mascara. You get to learn more about these Amazons, uh, these Amazon women, and like uh, you know the stuff with uh, Zeus and how like Wonder Woman came to be and why these uh, women are people that you shouldn't mess with. I was like, these women are so cool. And bloody Robin Wright, like uh, she was incredible. I mean, I've always liked her as an actress, especially like you know was it with House of Cards and um, you know some of these other films she's appeared in. Uh, here and there, but she was just so tough, so incredibly cool, um, and clearly she had like a a key relationship with uh, you know Wonder Woman, and I just loved seeing that whole play out. Um, I loved her in the film, and from there the film just got progressively more and more interesting. Once uh, Wonder Woman met up with Steve Trevor, and then they went to the real world, and seeing Wonder Woman interact with, like, you know, was it, uh, you know, seeing the way in which our world works, and just, like, not being fully accustomed to it, the way she interacts with certain people, says certain things, um, that, that line with the baby was just amazing, or the bit with the ice cream, which is one of my favourite moments, I saw that twice in the cinema, and it still just, it made me smile, like, um, in such a silly little way. Um, I love how she has a really strong sense of like you know is it, uh, justice and like you know morals and ethics, and realizes that when she comes to the real world, although there are certain things that she knows should be happening in a certain way, she can't enforce that because there's rules in place that you know make was it our society work. It's not the best system in place, but it's just the way things work. Um, seeing her interact with like Steve Trevor and like uh, his like their little crew like I guess their version of the Howling Commandos I liked how all of those guys had interesting backstories um, especially that one Scottish guy who's that dude from Trainspotting his backstory was pretty sad um, and it was just a lot of really great dramatic moments but they were really well balanced with like the humour and uh the levity and um, some of those action sequences will just really kick ass. Once they get to that little town, Wonder Woman just starts dispatching those dudes. Mm-hmm. That was so cool. Um, and yeah, the film was just fun. There was just a sense of joy throughout the film that I just didn't feel with any of the DC films up until that point. And like you said beforehand, since it was separated from like you know the overall DCEU by time and uh you know references and stuff like that i was able to do its own thing and i think that you know definitely helped you know that was definitely to the film's benefit um just after i left the film i felt i was in a good place uh there was a few things that didn't work for me like um was it the final fight with Ares could have been better um 
was it some of the character material with some of the other villain based characters um, could have been better and uh, some of the fight scenes had a little too much slow-mo for my liking um, but otherwise just the film was good it was just a fun solid experience and that was way more than I ever could have hoped for so I was I was surprised by the film in a good way mm-hmm. yeah I, I absolutely agree and um, I um, like about Robin Wright like um, I haven't seen her like around in a while but I know she was in House of Cards which I saw and she was she was good in that and um, I think most recently I saw her in Blade Runner and she was good in that too oh yeah definitely so it's good to see that she she's doing she's getting some good roles and yeah she's a great actress and um yeah i agree with you about the action scenes um i think most of the action scenes were were pretty good um but i agree with you there was like a, a slight overuse of the of the slow motion um i i did like this um she did this flying knee scene oh yeah which was really cool i think yeah yeah <laughs> she knee this guy through a through a window right yeah that was so i think that was that yeah that was pretty cool um that was that and um, sorry i was just gonna say like you know it's in like that same sort of sequence where um you know when uh steve and like that other guy get that like was it that bit of metal for her to like leap off of and she just flies into that bloody clock face and just smashes the entire yeah. thing i'm like the first time i was like bloody yeah. hell like that dude's dead <laughs> there's yeah. there is nothing left that was like a full-on like just that was freaking cool so i was like yeah man this film has me if it didn't have me before it has me now and another cool scene was um when um she was like she went onto the biofield like all by herself oh yeah uh, like all all those people like shooting at her and <laughs> but um i think that was such a cool scene too yeah yeah definitely all right cool um do you have anything more to add or do you want to move on to spider-man uh, yeah, let's move on to uh, Spider-Man. All right, cool. So uh, Spider-Man Homecoming released a month after Wonder Woman. And this film, I think before it came around, there was there was anticipation, but I think there was still some trepidation as well because um, for those not fully in the know, like here we had like the third Spider-Man reboot in the course of the last, like what, 15 years? Um and even though a lot of people really loved Spider-Man and Civil War last year, uh, there were still a lot of people that were just like, oh, another Spider-Man film, bloody hell, like, you know, do we have to do this again? So uh, I think the trailers definitely did a good job of, like, enticing people, but there was still, you know, that area of caution, especially after The Amazing Spider-Man 2 or 2014, which not many people like to talk about anymore. Um, but yeah, Eddie, uh, what did you think of uh, Homecoming? Yeah, well, um, overall, I actually I like this um, quite a bit. Um, but going back to the Amazing Spider-Man reboot, like I have to admit, like um, when they were rebooting it with uh, Andrew Garfield, yeah, I wasn't really like immediately ready for another reboot. But the difference with uh, Homecoming was I was really interested in what sort of Marvel and Sony would do with it because it was um, you know, under the um, sort of the 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 produce producer of Marvel Studios right yeah yeah so I was I was really interested in see what they would do with it right so um and I really do like um Tom Holland's um sort of take on on Spider Man like um it's it's sort of like it feels true to the character but it, it's it di- it's different enough from the previous uh, Peter Parker's in Spider Man so it has its own sort of like feel to it yeah and 
I think one of the reasons is probably because like he's he's younger, so we're gonna be able to kind of watch him sort of grow into like the full fledged sort of superhero Spider Man. So we're gonna kind of be able to kind of take the journey sort of with him. So I think that's what gives it a different sort of a, a take. And um, o- overall, um, um, I know there's a sort of a lot of hype um, arounding this the Spider-Man, but I, I still feel that the Spider-Man to be really is the Sam Raimi's uh, Spider-Man 2. Yeah. And I think that's still the, the benchmark for uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man movies. And... Um, but um, <clears throat> other things that um, I like about this one was um, I guess they sort of borrow the the genre from like the John Hugh type of films. So the idea was to kind of um, kind of take honest observations about teenage life. Yeah. And um, so they had those awkward sort of school crushes and and that sort of thing, which I think because his character was so young and they're kind of appealing to sort of a younger audience. So I, I guess they had, they had some good humor with that. And, um, one of the things that I didn't quite like about it was, um, there was, uh, the casting of, um, uh, a flash. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, th- I thought that, that was a weird sort of casting for me. Like <laughs> it was a sort of an odd choice. And, uh, but also um, for the casting of um, um, Michelle, I think her name was Michelle or MJ or whatever. Yeah, yeah Michelle Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'm interested in this and see where, where they're going to take off with that. But in this movie, is not really a factor. So um, yeah, and. I think about um, the villain itself. I actually I, I like this villain. Um, I like the idea of like um, he's sort of like a, a street level sort of villain, like street level in the sense that he's sort of a working class sort of guy. His origin is a working class sort of guy. Yeah. But um, and I think Spider-Man at this stage he's still coming into his own, so he's not ready for like. Um, sort of the the bigger villains right now, but I like they introduce Vulture and I like the introduce Shocker and I think Michael Keaton is such a good fit for Vulture and uh, I think he does such a good performance as Vulture and um, not to give too much away, but there's this one reveal about uh, Michael Keaton and Vulture in the movie that is still one of my favorite parts about the movie and probably one of my favorite sort of reveals uh, of of the summer movies that involved uh, in Vulture. And yeah. I, I liked how it played out afterwards. So that was another really cool thing about it. And um, I I did like how they incorporated uh, Iron Man as well. Yeah, yeah. And um, like, um, I, th- I think one of the things about this movie was um, they were able to kind of do a soft reboot of of Spider-Man, but in a way that it felt sort of natural. Like they introduced him in, in Civil War, and uh, our man was, in, of course, in Civil War, and he carried over onto this movie. So it gave it a nice, a nice flow to it. And I liked how our man was sort of like the the mentor type of figure to him, but he didn't 
step in he didn't overstep his bounds like he let spider-man sort of develop into being a his own hero and allowing spider-man to kind of um do what he could for himself instead of iron man just coming in and saving the day for him so i, I liked how they incorporated him that way so that iron man didn't overshadow um uh spider-man too much but yeah overall i had a really good mix of uh, humor and it made us sort of uh, want to see more Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. So like the third reboot and we're still wanting more. So I think they're in a pretty good place. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, what did you think about it? Um. So, yeah, like for me, since I adored like Civil War last year, um, I almost thought that like uh, they might not be able to top like, you know, was it? Spider-Man's like you know quick minute well you know extended cameo in that film um I had I had faith because um you know all the interviews uh about the film like you know about the choice and uh, style that they were going to go for the young cast and um you know the established characters that were coming into this world and obviously Marvel overseeing the film in conjunction with like Sony working on the film the signs were pointing into a good direction. I even watched um, John Watts's uh, film. Was it? Was it? Uh, Cop car? At least I think that's the name of the film with uh, Kevin Bacon in there with those two boys that take that cop car. It's a, that was actually a pretty decent film, actually. Um, okay. But yeah, I was I was excited, but I was just thinking, oh, what's this going to be like? And the funny thing is, I went to see the film in IMAX, and when I came out of it, I was like. The film didn't necessarily blow me away, but it was just what I needed as a you know a reboot for this film for this character. Um, it had all the core elements that make Spider-Man and like you know Peter Parker an appealing character to me. Uh, the elements that I like from the comics and certain animated material, like uh, say for instance the Spectacular Spider-Man series, which is still one of my favorite adaptations of anything ever. Um, I think they got to that sort of core of the character where it's like you know very high school focused it's all about the issues and dramas of him like you know it's like having this dual identity um but also uh you know trying to do stuff in school uh protect this information from his aunt and you know having to deal with like uh you know larger threats in the form of vulture so i i thought the film was just incredibly fun delightful from the time it begins when you get to high school with peter and like uh you get to hang around with ned and then see their relationship it's just like you know the film is just it has the right tone it feels nice uh, michael giacchino's like uh film score has this nice upbeat like you know preppy feel good kind of vibe to it but also has like you know these moments of uh you know i guess more aggressive like you know more dramatic stuff when the vulture and some of the action sequences are happening i love the cast tom holland was great there's this one moment where he's in a situation where he really proves that he has the chops to play Peter Parker in Spider-Man and it channels a certain issue from a certain notable comic in like the Spider-Man series and when that moment happened I was like I felt I felt the heart and I was like mate this this film has me this film has me um I like all the secondary cast that happened to be within like uh, Peter's school friends um especially that uh that one black guy whose name I don't remember, but he's always there to sort of correct Flash whenever he's wrong and stuff. That was great. Um, was it Liz Allen? She was just adorable. Like, there's no wonder why Peter would fall for someone like that. And 
Zendaya was interesting. Um, was it Michelle? I thought was just this sort of mean, like you know, solo random character that just randomly popped up every once in a blue moon. And I thought she'd have a little bit more, I guess, of an impact on the on the plot, considering how much hype there was surrounding. You know, was it her? But in the end, she was good. But like that reveal, I was like, oh, so they did go that way, did they? Um, <laughs> I guess we'll have to see how that plays out, but. I feel like this film just did well to fit within the context of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but not like you know feel like a shackle to what's happened beforehand. Uh, uh, you know, was it Iron Man was incorporated in a really good way? Uh, it was just enough. He was there when he was necessary, and Robert Downey Jr. like he slipped right back into this role like he never left it. It was really good. Uh, John Favreau as Happy Hogan was really good as well. I liked him. Uh, Michael Keaton's uh, role as the Vulture was interesting because the first time I saw it, I thought it was more of his performance that elevated the character more so than anything else. But upon watching it, I actually liked the Vulture more and more. And uh, going back to what you said before about that certain, uh, you know, reveal about his character and how it involves Peter, it's just like that was that was smart. But then what followed was even more interesting, involving a certain conversation in a car. And oh my gosh, the tension! Oh, yeah, <laughs> it was good. That's a great scene, wasn't it? That's such a good scene. <laughs> and Sorry. yeah, no, no, it's it fine. Like because um, I w- when I went to see the film, I think for the third or fourth time, I can't remember which one it was, but I was watching it with my dad. Even my dad was commenting, like you know, was it? He was chuckling away and commenting on how much tension there was in the scene. And he loved it too. So I'm like, if my dad really likes it, then clearly this film was doing something right. So uh, right. The film was fun. I think the only issue I had with the film was that, as much as I like some of the action sequences, um, it still misses that sort of spectacle that Raimi was able to create back in like the uh, first few Spider-Man films. Because the mm-hmm. Spider-Man Two, especially, they had refined like you know, was it the whole web swinging thing to a point where it just looked fantastic and this film doesn't dwell on the web slinging too much and while I understand why especially because of certain scenes that um, actually play well to the whole web slinging thing at the same time I'm like I miss these sort of crazy sequences where you get to see Spider-Man running on the side of buildings like you know was it flipping around and stuff like that and uh, nothing to a lot of superhero films have yet to compare to like the uh, train sequence in Spider-Man 2 with Doc Ock and Spider-Man that was that's still like a very high point on this mountain that like a lot of films have yet to you know catch but for the first outing I think it was just a really solid entry good humor good fun um and yeah I'm just it made me excited to be you know watch Spider-Man again and I just want to see more of what happens with uh Holland's interpretation of the character. Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. Um, okay, so I guess we'll move to uh, November now. No, no, not November. It's, well, technically it is November because it got an official uh-huh. release over in the States in November. We got it, I think, just a week earlier over here in October uh, with Thor Ragnarok. So, um, okay, this is where things are going to get a little bit more interesting now. Um <laughs> My hype for this film was through the roof. Um, okay. I've I've not like you know was it the massivest fan of like you know was it uh, Taika Waititi's work, but I really do like his um, 
sense of style when like you know comedy i saw what we do in the shadows like uh i think last year and uh that film surprised me with this like you know sort of uh documentary style and uh you know the way in which you handle some of the characters and all that and uh hunt for the world of people i think that film was good but massively overhyped because everyone said it was like you know film of the year material last year and i'm not saying that the film was bad it's just that you know, again, like with a certain amount of hype behind it, it just didn't, you know, resonate with me like it did with certain other people. But the trailer for Thor Ragnarok looked great, you know, with the style, the use of colour, seeing Thor and Hulk together, um, the introduction of Hela, like, you know, it's the introduction of Valkyrie, bloody Jeff Goldblum as the Grandmaster. There was hype. <laughs> there was so much hype, and I was giddy as heck. So, um, you know what, uh, Eddie, take it away. I'll leave this to you first. <laughs> yeah, like, um, I actually I never saw like um what we do in the shadows yeah but I did see um his uh, most recent one uh, and actually I I did I like it um, I, I like the sort of um it was sort of like a um a older guy and a, a younger kid like um, trying to understand a little bit about each other and and how they fit into the world and yeah but it was really like the humor and the banter that that really uh, that connected with me. And uh, I think he carried over uh, a lot of the humor and, and that banter with uh, Thor. And that's that's the thing about this movie. It's like it's so enjoyable. Like right from the opening scene to like the ending, it's just a nonstop sort of like it's it's a, it's, a, it's a thrill ride, right? It's like a it sort of marches to its own beat. You know what I mean? It's like it sort of um has a bit of quirkiness and like. Um, little bit of, of weird things here and there and it's it's very alien and um i think it doesn't take place um too much on earth it's more on like uh, on a different planet and on asgard so it just definitely has a different sort of um a feel to it and um another thing i liked about it was um i don't think you can call this one at all like a former lake movie it's it has I think it's like distinctively sort of really fresh like and um i think remember when guardians came out a lot of people thought oh wow this is sort of really different fresh and fun and and different and i think this one is able to kind of do it as well <laughs> yeah so that's yeah so i really like that and um and it wasn't just um the banter that was really cool like i think, I think some of the visuals were were really cool too like uh, the vibrancy of the colors and um, um, there was one like um, it's not really a spoiler but the, uh, a flashback scene uh, featuring the character of Valkyrie and it had a really cool cool look to it and it was like in slow motion and everything and it was a good way of kind of um, giving the backstory of Valkyrie as well in a quick way but in a way that was visually appealing yeah and um Another cool thing was, um, I don't think, this is not a spoiler because I think it was in the trailers, but the gladiator scene, I thought that was like really well done. Like they took the time to kind of go through the motions of, of the battle and the way it was filmed, like um, like the camera like ticks you up in the air and it comes like smashing down and there was a lot of back and forth humor to it and as they were fighting inside the arena, there was like uh, shots of what Loki was seeing outside of the arena, which was 22. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I think that was such a great way how they just played out that scene, like as, as long as it did. 
and um, it was a mix of action and comedy and it it pulled upon like the humor of not just um, the movie but of the greater like uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe they're referencing things that were like happened in previous movies that if you were like a uh, a Marvel fan you kind of pick up on those things yeah so I thought that was like really fun and um, and Another thing I liked about it was, of course, um, what they did with Hulk. Yeah. And <laughs> and uh, I guess in the previous movies, we saw more of, I guess, the Avengers relating to Bruce Banner. But in this one, you saw Thor <laughs> relating to the Hulk himself. Yeah. And, yeah. And their relationship was definitely, like, played for laughs. And it was, it was a lot of fun. But it was great seeing... Um, Chris Hemsworth, like, he's obviously, like, a leading man type of actor, but he also has, like, comedic talents as well. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Mark Ruffalo, he was also has, like, some really good um, comedic talents as well. So, and um, I think sort of the four sort of main characters, I think they, like, um, with Loki and Thor and Hulk and Valkyrie, I think that they all had some good screen time, and it... They, they, it made sense how they all came together. You know what I mean? So oh yeah, definitely. I think that 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 was really cool too. Yeah, yeah. And as for the villain, like, um, I think you can't really go wrong casting like Kate Blanchett. Like, <laughs> she's um, she's such a great actress, and all that you have to do is just put the camera like on her face and just let her do her stuff, right? Just, and I think that was like a a much better approach than like um, trying to come up with a cgi villain or like a villain that has like tons of prosthetic facial makeup yeah yeah you just cast the great actress like kate blanchett give her like a, a decent backstory to fit her into the greater um mythology of a thor and let her do her stuff and i thought she was she was pretty fun right she yeah she was sort of funny and um i i liked also uh tessa thompson as well and um I liked how they integrated her like into the the story as as the Valkyrie and um and they also made her like everyone in this um <laughs> in this um movie is like fear game to be to make jokes but also to be the butt of a joke as well. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I liked how they introduced her like she comes out of her spaceship and she's drunk and then she just falls off of her spaceship. Yeah. And I think the whole theater was like kind of laughing at that. It's like yeah. And um I think some of the, I wouldn't call it negatives, but some of the things that, um, oh, before I get to that, um, I love the use of the immigrant song. Like every time they they played that, I, I just felt chills. Like how they inter- integrated that song. It's such a cool song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, um, well, these aren't my negatives, but I I noticed that some other people had pointed out some 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 things was um. They kind of thought that it lacked a emotional sort of gut punch, but to, for me that didn't really bother me that much because I I didn't really think they were they were going for that. Yeah. And um, I heard some people th- kind of thought um, they were cutting from joke to joke like way too fast, but for me I I actually I like that I, I didn't really need to have the jokes sink in as much I, I just liked how they just went from one joke to another to another so i just kind of went with that kind of ride 
And um, yeah. And I guess one of the last things I'll, I'll probably say about it is um, I think there's some truth to this, but the the journey that Thor had, and well, I don't want to spoil too much with the ending, but um, uh, basically by the end you don't really get the sense that he kind of um became a uh, a responsible type of king like he is a responsible king but the journey that he took it didn't really clearly lay that out as much as it could yeah i guess that's one of the the points uh, the other people had but you know while i was watching i, I didn't really like think about that at all i just kind of went with the wire <laughs> went with a crazy ride so yeah that, that that's where my sort of thoughts on that Okay, no, nice, yeah. nice. Well, I'm going to come in and be one of those people that bring up <laughs> some of those, like, uh, uh, you know, nitpicks slash issues that you mentioned um, in yeah. your thoughts. So here's the thing, like, um, I think because, like, for me, the first Thor film is still one of my favorites in the MCU. Um, okay. Just because at the time it was... An ambitious and interesting, like, you know, uh, take on the character where you, um, you know, went from the more realistic setting of, like, you know, as it Earth and stuff, and then took things to essentially space um, with Asgard and learning about, like, you know, was it these, uh, I guess, godlike beings up there. And uh, the journey that Thor goes on, while, like, you know, some of the stuff on Earth was, like, you know, uh, a little tedious and the fight with the destroyer armor could have been a heck of a lot better um, overall i feel like it's still like a really good interesting and like smart way to uh, adapt the source material thought the dark world i was in denial about when i first saw it because i thought it was pretty good but then upon thinking about it the more i thought about it, the more i started to hate it <laughs> um and that's not to say thought the dark world doesn't have anything you know, it doesn't have any redeeming qualities. I feel like, uh, you know, some of the more, I guess, on-set-based locations was, you know, welcome. And uh, the darker tone was nice. Uh, you know, Thor and Loki's relationship was good. And what they were able to do with uh, Rene Russo as, uh, was it Frigga or Frigia? Is that how you say her name? I always forget. But yeah, what they were able to do with her character was really good and that funeral sequence was beautiful one of the best in one of the best moments in all the mcu in my opinion um but yeah with this film i was so excited but what i didn't expect was that the film was going to be like you know just full-on humor throughout um some of the jokes worked for me but some of them just i don't know it's like i smiled but i didn't get those gut-punching like laugh moments like you know those proper ha-ha-has that I think almost every other person in the cinema had and I was like am I missing something like you know is it no I'm not in on the joke or like the joke didn't re some of the jokes just didn't resonate with me and um, that's not to say that some of the moments weren't great everything with Thor and Hulk I really liked um, the way in which they characterized Hulk in this film he was such a baby a big old sobby kid at certain points and I loved it um, there's this one conversation that Thor and Hulk are having and then Thor says something to Hulk that just gets him in a bit of a tiff and just the way he acts I'm like oh my gosh you're <laughs> you're terrible but I bloody love it uh, the fight in the gladiator tournament thing was great uh, 
And seeing what they do with Thor with his powers once his like you know hammers destroyed, some of that stuff was cool. And I swear they were tapping into Mortal Kombat territories with Raiden with some of the attacks that he was able to pull off in this film. I okay, there's a scene on the there's a scene on the bridge sequence in the film, which I'm not going to say what it is. But anybody that knows a certain move from Raiden in Mortal Kombat, that move was pulled right out of that game and thrown into the film, and it was brilliant. Um, all that was missing was his classic, like, you know, scream when he does the attack. Uh, but yeah, I really liked that. Uh, Mark Ruffalo was great. He, him and Chris Hemsworth just have this great sense of, like, banner and timing. Same rule applies with Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie. Um, a character that I sort of liked at the beginning, but once you started to learn more about her and, like, see some of her interaction with some of the other characters, she was great. Tom Hiddleston just never lost a step as Loki. He could probably leave this role for 10 years and then come back and it still feels like he'd be, you know, completely in sync with the role. He was great. Um, I like Jeff Goldblum as the Grandmaster. He just had this very odd air about him and there's this one moment where he's in the, he's in the middle of a conversation. He just pauses for a second and it's just the most awkward pause. But it's bloody funny at the same time because just because it's so random. Um, some of the lines in this film for it was a little bit more adult than I expected, but it was you know really well handled. Uh, like you said, Drew, like the color scheme really good, and some of the frames of this film was great. Uh, there's an escape sequence earlier on in the film, and there's just a frame of Thor, and there's a dragon involved. And that shot alone, I'm like, that looks incredible. I love this. Um, there's a lot of stuff I love in the film. There's a lot of stuff that has like some of my favorite elements of any MCU film. But as an overall film, I just, I don't know, I expected something a little bit more, like a, another a balance between like the humor and like, I guess, more serious stuff in there. Um, Hella, I thought was good, really good, especially the way in which they introduce her and into this universe and why she's been away and why she exists but I wanted more of her the stuff on uh, what was the name of that bloody planet uh, the stuff on the planet with Hulk and Thor and the uh, Valkyrie was mm -hmm. where the film like really you know I was having the best time but when we got back to Asgard it was just like I liked it but it just wasn't as compelling as what was coming um, and the timing of some of the humour for me just just felt ill-timed but again that's not to take away from anybody that liked the film. Like, you know, the film was really solid. It's just, for me personally, considering where the character was in these previous films and how it's gotten to this point, eh, it just wasn't for me in certain areas. Yeah, I think those are all fair points. Like, um, and I can understand, like, the humor because humor is something that is, is so subjective. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> so one thing, you know, so it could be like a different type of humor, like maybe the New Zealand type of humor. It could be that. Yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah. But yeah. Oh, nice. All right, and now we get to the final film, like the best one. <laughs> I kid, I kid. <laughs> um, last month's Justice League. Oh, good gravy. Where to begin with this film, like? <laughs> I don't want to go about and start on like a downer note, but if you'd followed this film for any amount of time, the amount of drama 
that's gone on about this film from behind the scenes to the rumors to uh, all these reports about like you know stuff that's in stuff that's out the film that like you know potentially got like you know a minor amount of reshoots to 80% of the film being redone by Joss Whedon the unfortunate stuff that happened with Zack Snyder uh, the change in tone about the film like you know was it in early production and then after Wonder Woman how much stuff had to be changed to have more humor and uh, a brighter color palette and all this stuff Whew, the palaver, good gravy. Uh, Eddie, um, I'll let you start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good introduction to it. Um, I do have like good things to say about Justice League, but I also have some, of course, some some critiques about it. Yeah. But even before all the sort of um, pre-production sort of drama and the rewrites and changes of director and whatnot, I, I was definitely really skeptical, <laughs> skeptical going into this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just don't think um, <laughs> that the track record of of DC hitting it over the ballpark, they don't have that sort of track record. So I was definitely really skeptical going into this. Yeah. But um, um, to be fair, like there were some um, some good things that I actually did like about it, and one of them was um, actually I, I do like the the heroes. Like um, I don't know if we well this is not a spoiler since they. They, they showed um, Superman in the posters and in the trailers, but I really liked um, uh, this version of uh, uh, a Superman. I think he's like really charismatic. He, he doesn't seem like he has the weight of the, the world on his shoulders, right? He, he feels like he has superpowers and he's happy about having these superpowers, right? Yeah. So I, 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 I like that about him. And um, I liked um, what they did with, with Aquaman. Um, I think the casting of Jason Momoa was was a really cool choice, and it's good to finally um, get to see him. Um, I know he had a small little cameo in uh, Batman vs Superman, but now you actually finally get to see him and what he can do. And I, I like Aquaman. Um, of course, we all already know about Wonder Woman and, and Batman. Um, I also I I find Cyborg really intriguing. Um, I like the idea that he's like. Um, He's part man, part machine, but sometimes one part of him sort of takes over more than the other. Yeah, yeah. And he can't always control the the, the machine side of him. So I, I think that'll be interesting to see how how that gets fleshed out, like in um in, in his solo movie. And um, with the Flash, I know everyone seems to like love the Flash, and it's not like I I don't like this version of the Flash, but maybe I'm too like. Uh, I already like the CW version of the Flash. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I'm I'm having a harder time like getting into this version of the Flash, but maybe the I I just find that the humor doesn't really connect with me as as much. I actually found like uh, the lines from uh, Batman in this movie to be actually more funnier than the Flash. Yeah. Even though the Flash is sort of more of a comedic type of role, I guess, but. Maybe that social awkwardness type of humor, it doesn't really come across to me as much as other people. But I, I think his powers, of course, are very cool. And um, another thing I, I sort of want to give props to it was it did have some really good, uh, decent moments. And to me, it, it, I never really got bored with this movie, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh well, I don't know if you want to give too much away, but um, there's this one really cool moment where um, Aquaman is sort of like sitting on a on a lasso. Yeah. And I thought that was such a cool like um, uh, 
Joss Whedon moment. Like you can tell that was him. That was Joss Whedon's sort of scene that he wrote into the movie. But I thought it was a good change of direction for Aquaman because I thought when he was first introduced, he was sort of that um, a stoic sort of sort of um, hard, stubborn sort of a badass character. But after that moment on the lasso, that character sort of really opened up. And one of the fight scenes afterwards, which I think is also another sort of Joss Whedon moment where Aquaman is sort of like, he's in the air and he's like beating up all these guys and Cyborg is like helping him fly and carrying him. Like, I thought that was such a great sort of Aquaman scene that yeah, um, you you wouldn't have known how, how expressive and how, how much of a badass he was compared to how he was earlier in the movie, how he was really like, you know, quiet and stoic only said a few lines here and there so yeah and um i i often wonder like what would have have happened if if either joss whedon had control of this movie from the very get-go or if uh zack snyder was the one who who carried out this movie from beginning to end like we really don't know what what sort of movie we would have gotten either way. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, um, yeah. Um, as for um, sort of the negatives, I guess we can probably start out with a few things. One was, I thought the in the resurrection of um, Superman, it happened really way too fast. Yeah, yeah. And um, they didn't really, um, they could have milked it a lot more, like, so by the time Superman comes back, like they could have built up to that, and when he comes back, it'll be like so much more of a stronger punch. You know what I mean? Oh heck yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, and um, as for um, as for the villain, like <laughs> the funny thing is, like I have a friend who has been like really critical of um of um DC movies, but for some reason he he really liked this movie. Oh okay, <laughs> and he. Yeah, and he really liked this villain for some reason, but huh. um, I think one reason why he sort of liked it was because he felt that Steppenwolf was a big enough of a threat for the Justice League to unite together, and it would take the team to defeat him. Yeah. Or or, or I guess Superman probably could have defeated him, but <laughs> but definitely the, the team like needed to come together to defeat this threat. And... Um, I do like how they introduced uh, Steppenwolf with that um, fight scene with the Amazonians. I thought that was a cool, pretty cool fight scene, and um, and he he was sort of a badass in that fight. So I I do give credit for that. Yeah. But I definitely hear complaints. <laughs> I definitely do agree with the complaints about Steppenwolf, and obviously the look of him, the, the CGI in this movie was uh, it needed a lot of work, needed more time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> definitely for sure <laughs> yeah yeah and um i also did like the lighter banter between um the movie it had a, like um a, a more of a fun overall sort of tone it didn't take things too seriously and um i guess i guess that's a little bit subjective because some people do like um a more darker serious direction a more grounded direction but i guess with this movie they just decided to have more fun with it Oh yeah, which I'm perfectly fine with, right? Yeah. And um but overall, I I did find this movie sort of um underwhelming, I guess. And I think one of the reasons why I felt that way, felt that way was, was because um 
I think they had the the right cast. Like I, I, I actually do like this cast and I do like their take on these characters. So they had like some really good building box to work with, but they couldn't take it to to another level, right? Like I don't think this is as bad as some people is, is making it out to be, but it's sort of a mediocre sort of for me is a sort of an average movie where they had some good pieces but they couldn't take it to another level. Yeah. But I also do hear that there was a lot of rewrites, a lot of re-editing and reshoots where this could have been like really like terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe they they salvaged something, right? They 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 got something better than <laughs> what, it, what it could have been, but maybe that's not saying much to some people who kind of, you know, like want to destroy this movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh. But I, yeah, I think DC does have like some catching up to do for sure, and they do have the work cut out for them. But yeah, well, I guess we can rank these movies later. But yeah, well, what are your sort of your thoughts on it? Um, so here's the thing with Justice League, I followed every, well, almost every story <laughs> about this whole thing from the beginning. Um, I was just curious to see how it turned out because, in the back of my mind, I thought this might actually have the potential to be, you know, a secret, like you know, really great film. But considering the drama that's going on behind it, I was just like, I was preparing for the worst. So when I came out of the film, I was like, oh. That was actually all right, um, but the problem was I said it was all right, and this film had the potential to be great, brilliant. Even you're talking about like you know, is it DC's equivalent to the Avengers? And this film should have easily, easily made at least like you know close to a billion dollars because like you know these are iconic characters, and while like not all of them are well known to the general public, you know at least having you know was it Batman. Superman and now Wonder Woman in the mix like everybody knows who these characters are and they would you, you'd assume that they'd flock out to go out and see this film but obviously because of like the rating ratings and like the people's previous like you know is it history with the DCEU barring like you know is it Wonder Woman and to a degree um, was it Man of Steel as well this film was just it was a bit of a mess but then considering the way in which they were able to stitch this film together and actually make it work as a cohesive film, you know, for the most part anyway, I was like, I'm surprised they were able, they were able to pull it off. You can see certain moments that feel like Zack Snyder and there's certain moments that feel like Joss Whedon. And I'm not sure if I'd say they clash, it's just that they just seem apparent. Like, you know, if you know your styles and you know from directors, you can tell when someone's working on something here and when someone's working on something here. Um, the CGI was very inconsistent. There were certain points where it actually looked pretty good during certain action scenes, um, but then at certain points, there was the green screen was obvious, like, and the lack of detail was awful. Um, Steppenwolf, I was looking at him very closely because I was hoping that maybe some it was only a few scenes where his CGI would look kind of off. But when you have a full-on CG-based character, you have to put the effort in. We had War for the Planet of the Apes this year, which features some of the best CGI I've ever seen on, like, um, any, you know, recreated character, creature, human-based thing ever. Um, that CGI looks so realistic, it almost looked like, anima- it lo- it almost looked like animatronics. So when you come to this film, I know Steppenwolf is, like, you know, a comic book-based character, and he has a look that is, you know, partly human, but, you know, I guess partly alien at the same time. 
it's just like he had this horrible sort of blurry look to him where he just lacked in detail where he just looked unfinished or like part of the game from like I guess a pre-rendered cutscene of a PS3 or even PS2 game uh, he was a he was a I guess alright villain but he was just very basic uh, the the strongest element of this film, like you said, was the characters. I like their uh, interactions, whether it was them as a group or like seeing certain character dynamics, like uh, Flash and Cyborg, or like uh, Batman and Wonder Woman. Uh, just some of those uh, exchanges was really interesting. There's a scene with uh, uh, Batman and Wonder Woman where things get a little heated. And that was actually one of my favorite moments in the film, just because uh, these characters have, they both have like sort of emotional baggage. And the way in which they sort of throw these sort of, I guess, venom and venomous words at each other, it's just like, oh, Crimey, mate, like, uh, this things are going to get a little messy in here, like, you know, is it got to leave? Um, but yeah, some of the action was great. Uh, I really did like uh, Superman, uh, this interpretation of the character, which I thought. After Man of Steel, they definitely could have gotten to this point if they had given, like, you know, Superman a proper, you know, transition into his own sequel. But obviously they had to rush, like, Batman into the Man of Steel sequel and then turn into Batman vs. Superman. But that's another conversation for another time. Um, I did like Henry Cavill in this film, although that removal of the CGI mustache, good gravy. I saw it straight away, and it was just too obvious for me to not like uh, bring mention to. Uh, like you said, the Superman resurrection scene was very swift, and the ramifications—well, you know how they processed that after the film, after that point in the film—was dealt with far too quickly. Far too quickly. There should have been more ramifications and just more stuff going on in that aspect of the film. But there was just a lot of really fun moments. Uh, I like, you know, was it Wonder Woman was my favorite. Batman was good. Uh, was it the Flash was good for the most part? But there were certain moments where I'm just like, uh, yeah, you're hamming it up a little bit. Like, you know, stop it. You're starting to turn a little annoying. Um, Cyborg was the surprise for me. I thought he looked like the most boring character from the trailers, and he ended up being like one, of, like you said, one of the most intriguing characters in the film. I just wish there was more time you know, given to him to, you know, just explore some more screen time with him. Aquaman was fine. I just, I expected more because of Momoa's, like, you know, really charismatic personality and the hype that was going on behind the scenes. Uh, and I, th oh yeah, one other thing, very minor thing, but uh, J.K. Simmons as, like, uh, Gordon, Jim Gordon, I liked, but there just wasn't nearly enough of him. I needed more. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh man, and I feel like because of what's happening with Ben Affleck and him not actually potentially not coming back to the do do the new Batman film, like there's a whole character dynamic here that I was feeling for a few minutes in the film. I'm like, and we're never gonna see that now. And I'm like, oh, that's disappointing. Um, but yeah, just the film was better than I expected, but there was just a lot of things that could have been fixed to make it, you know, better than what it was. It was. In some ways, I like it more than Batman vs. Superman, but at the same time, Batman vs. Superman had a clearer vision of what it wanted to do, which kind of makes it better. Mm -hmm. But it's not the dumpster fire that was Suicide uh, not Super <laughs> Suicide Squad. <laughs> For me, Suicide Squad is still like the the depths of hell that I never want to go to ever again. <laughs> that film pisses me off in ways that I just don't want to get into right now. Yeah. But yeah, uh, 
yeah, that's a, that's a, that's I think all I have to say about that. How about you? Uh, anything else to add? <laughs> uh, no, yeah, that's a good sum up of it. Yeah, I, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so um, I guess it's time to rank them. I guess we'll do like two separate lists, and uh, I'll start with yours first. Um, then I'll do mine. Okay, so uh, I guess I'll start from the bottom, and then I'll work my way up to the top. I guess. Yeah. Uh, at number six, it would be Justice League. <laughs> oh, I'm so surprised. So, <laughs> yeah, Justice League. Um, well, for obvious reasons, of course, that we just mentioned. Um, so, and then on to number five. So that's second from the bottom. It's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I think it may surprise people because it got a lot of good reviews and got a good hype at the time, but. I really don't know how well it's going to hold up um, over time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then um, number four, it's uh, for me, it's going to be uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like I said, um, or like we talked about, there's a lot of good things about it, but it's still not the best Spider-Man out there, but it's uh, it's good, and uh, it, it gets the Spider-Man... Uh, uh, franchise going uh, with uh, Marvel and Sony, and then um, I guess the third spot would go to Logan. Yeah. Which um, I think it, I think this movie could uh, definitely hold up over over time, and um, I know a lot of people are probably putting this at, at closer to the top, but um, I really I guess it, it could be subjective, but I do think this movie can hold up over time. But in terms of the pure enjoyment, like of of it like this is definitely a darker take on it yeah so maybe you have to be in a certain mood to watch it like there are some humor in this movie but you're not gonna be <laughs> laughing out loud like um as with thor or spider-man yeah 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 and then um next would be um wonder woman um i i don't think is it's the masterpiece or like the great movie that people are saying it to be, but I think it does, it does a lot of good things, right? It gets a lot of, got gets a lot of things uh, right. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons why I put it up there and it's good that Wonder Woman, um, it just came out strong and, and it just stood on its own. You're right. So that's what I really like about it. And my first favorite is um it's thor <laughs> thor ragnarok and um very nice I, I just had so much fun with it like yeah. um i it's just the non-stop uh <laughs> non-stop jokes and and banter and just i love um thor and hulk together it's just it's just so much fun i, I can't recommend that movie enough so yeah there's did i miss any <laughs> no i think you got, I think I got them all yeah, yeah yeah all right uh now it's time for me and like uh now it comes to controversial list <laughs> oh man because i've had to uh have like interesting conversations about like uh this film uh these films online with a lot of people so uh i'm ready for the uh the pitchforks and like you know we see uh torches man i'm ready um i'll just i'll stand in a very high place so i'll be protected um okay so Mine follows your order, I think, for the first two. So going from number six, it'll be Justice League. Um, not the worst film I've seen in superhero genre, but just just disappointing. But this mm-hmm. definitely has redeeming qualities, mainly surrounding like the main heroes in the film. Uh, number five would be Guardians 2. 
Um, again, not a terrible film by any film, like, by any means. Has some of my favorite moments in all of the MCU, but some of the humor and certain story elements hold it back from being like you know the most amazing film in the world that I hope for. All right, and <laughs> number four. Uh, now we have Thor Ragnarok. Now, um, <laughs> Thor Ragnarok again is really good, and I enjoyed it a lot more the second time round because I was I made my peace with some of the stuff I didn't like, you know, enjoy about the film upon first viewing. But for me, it just there was just certain things that just didn't like, you know, was it hit my superhero buttons. Uh, that sounds really weird <laughs> um, but yeah like uh, yeah Thor's at four um, now this is where it gets a little tricky I've written it down but now I'm actually going to switch um, Logan's going to be at number three I think Logan again I'm probably going to need to see at least another two times to see how it holds up in the grand scheme of things because all these films have come out this year all of our you know our thoughts on these films may be subject to change um, but right now, since it's been so long since I saw the film, um, and I've only seen it the once, Logan just had like some really great dramatic material, some solid like you know action and some thought-provoking themes. But just the way in which it had, well, the way in which it was just more of a western sort of thriller road trip movie, and had some of the elements of superhero films that I kind of missed. Um, that and some of the story and character elements went in certain directions that just was, you know, different from what I was expecting. Um, that's why I'm putting it at number three. Wonder Woman almost was my favorite, and it's only because again I had, I wouldn't say super low expectations, but I had like you know was it uh, you know mild expectation. But the film ended up just being so much more fun than I ever could have hoped. The characters were great. There were some really interesting and solid themes done. Uh, Gal Gadot was really good in the role she bounced off Chris Pine really well uh, Chris Pine had some really great moments in this film and just the action was fun that th- bloody theme song like you know was it got even better in the bloody film and uh, mm-hmm. I loved all the stuff with the mascara and like the Amazons and stuff like that that was a really strong opening um, and bloody number one it has to be Spider-Man for me because I'm like I'm the biggest Spider-Man nerd ever I mean <laughs> Not so much that I know everything about the source material, but I enjoy, like, I feel I find the character abs- absurdly endearing. And there was, um, and the funny thing is, as, as I ended up watching the film, like, a good few times after the first viewing, it ended up just getting better. The film score that I thought was just, you know, okay when I first watched it, ended up becoming more and more, you know, enchanting to me. Uh, some of the character stuff that I thought was okay ended up becoming better, the story got better and um, I don't know, there's just something about this MCU version of Peter Parker and Spider-Man that just feels right, true to the comics but mm-hmm. has its own interpretation to it and the film just gives me a nice sense of joy in my soul <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's why I put Spidey in number one awesome and, yeah. yeah, sorry uh, what are you going to say? <laughs> No, I think it's pretty awesome that because uh, obviously you're a huge Spider-Man fan from way back, and uh, they were able to make a uh, another reboot of Spider-Man that sounds like you absolutely adore and love, and you can't wait to f- see more of him. So I think that's a cool place for Spider-Man to be at. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's back at home with Marvel Studios, so it's a good place. Now what we have to see is uh, if yeah. this. Um... <laughs> With the whole palaver going on with like uh, Disney and Fox now, what's going to happen to the X Men yeah. and Fantastic Four? Like, uh, 
it's some crazy times we're living in right now. Stuff mm-hmm. that we thought would never happen in this lifetime is, you know, coming around. Right. It's just a case of what's going to happen with the current set of films that are set to release, the stuff that's in production, and will it get mm-hmm. scrapped? Will it all be under the same roof? Will there be separate divisions? Will they separate it by, like, different dimensions and time periods? <laughs> it's, it's too much. <laughs> It is too much, but it's a good time to be alive. There's so much possibilities with uh, these uh, comic book movies now. And, uh, yes, a lot of good questions, which I don't have the answer for, but it's (laughs) going to be a lot of fun seeing how it all plays out. Definitely. Um, The one other thing I wanted to ask you before we close out the episode is that 2018 is just on the horizon, and there is a number of those uh, comic book movies coming back around again. So... uh, (laughs) Of the superhero films that will be coming out next year, what are you looking forward to? Uh, the ones I'm looking forward to the most is Black Panther and Avengers uh, Infinity War. Yeah. And um, I think those are my t- top two. And then towards the end of the year, I'm looking forward to Aquaman, uh, James Wan's uh, and uh, Jason Momoa. So I want to see... Those are my top three. Yeah. And um, um, for Deadpool, of course... I think it's going to turn out pretty good, but um, I'm not as as much on the hype train as Deadpool as other people. Yeah, but, uh, I, I do like the humor. I think it's a great role for Ryan Reynolds. He, I think he's nailing the role, so I think that's going to turn out pretty good. Um, as for some of the other Fox movies, like the New Mutants, I don't really know much about, but I probably will give it a chance. I hear it's like a sort of like a young adult meets horror story type of franchise yeah that's what i've heard as well yeah and then with uh x-men dark phoenix <laughs> i i really don't know what to expect from it um i, I wasn't a huge fan of x-men apocalypse yeah I, that was one of my worst uh, movies i think from last year comic book movies from last year so damn i i yeah <laughs> i i do like the casting of uh, sophie turner <laughs> so yeah we'll see what she does with it but i'm not gonna like <laughs> put too much hopes into uh, dark phoenix although i really want it to be awesome but i i just can't i, I just can't <laughs> no nah, that's fair i can totally yeah. understand that um yeah. on my end uh was it obviously black panther and uh infinity war i'm absurdly psyched about because you know black panther yeah. was one of my favorite parts of uh, civil war and uh, these trailers look like they're doing the character justice so far wakanda looks great i love the cast yeah. um yeah I'm, I'm just super hyped to see what they're going to do with like you know was it uh, some of these actors especially um was it the uh was it uh i can't remember the name of the woman that uh-huh. plays uh, michonne from the walking dead but i'm curious oh yeah i think her name is deny or something yeah yeah um yeah i'm hyped to see her michael b jordan and like andy circus and uh you know again as ulysses claw is fun uh, that Infinity War film, I was hyped before, but after that trailer, I lost my bloody mind. <laughs> it looks like just pure... Yeah. Oh, man, I just need to be there. I just need to be there. If there is a way that I'm going to... I can't miss the opening <laughs> date for that. Like I'm giddy as heck. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, I'm curious to see what happens with Aquaman myself. Uh, James Wan is a really... Um, has a very distinctive style when it comes to like his films, so I'm curious to see what... He, if he has any of his like you know horror elements that he's going to incorporate into this film, sort of like what Sam Raimi did with the first Spider-Man film, um, and I think the other film, which technically is a Marvel DC film, but it bears mentioning, is uh, uh, Incredibles number two. 
Um, techni- oh, right. Yeah. Technically a superhero film, and uh, it's a uh, sequel 14 years in the bloody making, I think, was it. <laughs> I've been looking forward to this since the dawn of time, it feels like now. And uh, even though I saw The Incredibles, I think, late, um, I think about 2008, it's still one of my favorite Pixar films. And uh, as everyone said online beforehand, it's the best Fantastic Four film we've had. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I'm really excited to see how that plays out. Um, X-Men Dark Phoenix, uh, I am very, very skeptical about. I like the cast, but I'm just not sure about this series. But I will see what Simon Kinberg is able to bring as the new director. Maybe we'll be able to add a little bit of flair and, you know, different stylings than what we've had with Brian Singer. Because I love Brian Singer and what he's done for the series. But by X-Men Apocalypse, it was clear that we needed a different sort of vision in this, like, uh, universe. Uh, Deadpool 2, like you, I'm not on the hype train that much. I, I like the Deadpool character a lot, but after this film version of him came out, um, it sort of reverberated, it reverberated across the internet in a way where I was just like, everyone thinks that they love Deadpool, but it's just this version of Deadpool. And like the sort of, I guess, adult humor in the film was good, but not all of the jokes landed for me. I think the best part of the film for me was just a bit of the but bit of the end with the mask um with that bloody huge hackman staple on them <laughs> that was the most <laughs> random thing ever but i really like that but i'm curious to see what's going to happen um i'm sure it'll be fine and new mutants like you i'm not overly familiar with the source material but i'm curious to see how it pans out if it does have that horror element that they're actually able to incorporate into this film with the superhero stuff i'm down um and I think, was it Ant-Man and the Wasp is meant to be coming out next year as well? Yeah, that's coming out as well. Yeah, I think in uh, July. And um, I know a lot of people weren't too, like, well, some people just thought Ant-Man was all right. I really liked the film. That's one of the uh, super funny films that I liked. And I like how Evangeline Lilly is going to be playing, like, you know, Wasp in this film. So it'll be interesting to see how that character dynamic works. And even though I don't want to rehash it at the same time, I'm curious to see what... Um, Criminy, uh, what's his name again? Uh, Criminy, wasn't it? Hank Pym? Um, or Michael Douglas? Or? Um, what's his name again? Uh, the guy that was in End of Watch who's uh, Thingy's uh, best mate, like uh, Steve Lang's best mate, and uh, who does the long monologues. Oh, right, that guy, yeah. Oh, uh, Criminy, I can't remember. Yeah, he was so funny, yeah. That was just, um, some of that stuff was great, and it's just the, the final monologue at the end of the film and he just says, uh, what did he say? He said yes. And it's just the way the camera lingers on his face with that awkward smile. Yeah. That kills me every time. So, um, Michael Pena, there we go. Gosh, that, yeah. that bug. Yeah, Michael Pena, yeah. I'm, He's funny. I can't wait to see what they're going to do with him again like uh, in this new sequel. Yeah. So, I'm hoping that they're going to take, like I guess, some of the stuff that people didn't like about the previous film. And then, like you know, is it just, I guess, not correct it, but just, you know, improve. Because every sequel has the you know, uh, benefit of, like, taking the foundation of what was in the previous film and then, like, you know, elevate it to another level. So I'm hyped. Like, you know, is it mildly hyped? You know, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and there's also Venom coming out, I believe, in October. Oh, yeah. And, oh, so, Crumbs, and there yeah, was that bloody yeah. um, Spider-Man film, the animated one that's coming out in December as well, isn't there? That's right, yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I totally forgot about those. Um, I, I want to talk about those briefly um okay. have you seen the trailer for the uh, the teaser trailer for this spider-man film yet no i haven't no oh man you should check it out it's pretty cool yeah um as someone who's like sort of uh 
you know, okay slash not overly mm-hmm. entertained with like Sony Pictures animation division. Um, right. This film looks very distinctive. It has a very interesting sort of feel that is a mixture of like uh, comic book illustration mixed in with that you know that CGI Spider-Man TV series from like the early 2000s um, yeah I believe so yeah mixed in with like I guess something that you find in like I guess Spider-Man Shattered Dimension or something it just has mm-hmm. a very uh, distinctive like you know use of color and uh, lighting and shadows and um, it's very brief but it looks really cool I like the focus on Michael Morales uh, not Michael Morales, uh, Miles Morales huh? Miles, yeah. yeah and um, since they're saying it's the whole Into the Spider-Verse thing I'm wondering who uh, I guess this might be like you know one of those multiple Spider-Man films so I'm wondering who else they're going to throw in there, if they find a way to get Spider-Man 2099 in there, I'm going to freak out <laughs> um, and uh, Venom good gravy uh this is where my skeptical side is like literally on high alert because I love Tom Hardy um, and I really love the character of Venom. Obviously, he was not done very well in Spider-Man 3 and mm-hmm. just the concept of having a Spider-Man film, like, you know, having a Venom film without Spider-Man just seems absurd to me. Uh, uh-huh. And I, I haven't followed the comics for like, you know, was it uh, how many years? So I don't know if they've ever created any stories that allows uh, Venom to be Venom without Spider-Man coming into existence but the whole way the symbiote works at least in the classic sense is that you know it latches itself to Spider-Man it gains like you know mm-hmm. it's, it's knowledge and abilities from him like you know sort of works around that and then finds its way to Eddie Brock so I, I, I just don't see how this works without Spider-Man I mean unless they're just <laughs> gonna throw it into a point where the symbiote's already been established. Maybe it attaches itself to Spider-Man at some previous point, or maybe they'll just—I don't know. I'm curious, and I'll probably will watch it, but I am very skeptical. How about you? <laughs> yeah, I'm curious about it as well. And um, also, I hear it's not uh, confirmed, or is may not be connected to the uh, the Spider-Man in the MCU. Oh, so this is yeah. It's going to be off. It could be off in its own sort of uh, world. So it's not part of the shared universe. So that'll be interesting. I don't I don't really know how they're going to do all this, but I will definitely watch it for sure. Yeah, man. Like uh, 2018, yeah. good gravy. It's just going to be... Yeah. It's going to be jam-packed with superhero adaptation left, right, and center for not only the big screen, but the you know TV worlds as well. So be curious to see how this whole yeah. pans out. Yeah, there's uh, tons and tons of stuff coming. So lots of stuff to look forward to. <laughs> definitely. All right. Well, I'm, I guess we'll bring this episode to a close. Uh, thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if you have any feedback or uh, criticism you want to throw at me, good or bad, I'm welcome to it. Uh, leave it in the comment section below or holler at me on Twitter where I am, the Hypersonder 55 or at FilmFocus55. Uh, email me at thehypersonder 55 at gmail.com. And uh, if you want to check out my blog material, uh, that's hypersonic55.wordpress.com. And I would also like to extend the biggest thank you in the history of existence to Eddie for joining me today. Thank you. I hope you had fun. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. And thank you so much for inviting me. And uh, it's good to get to talk to you. And it was a lot of fun talking about all of these uh, awesome movies. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you. No problem. Uh, would you be uh, open to like uh, swinging back around the podcast at some point? Absolutely. Yeah, I'll be happy to be back. Yay. I'm I'm delighted. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, um 
yeah, that is Film Focus over for another time. Um, and until the next time, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Hypersonic 55 signing out. See you later. Mm-hmm.